0: And welcome to the Green Team of the Legendarium, the patron spinoff of the Legendarium podcast, where we talk about the books and topics the main crew hasn't gotten around to yet. I'm Chesky, and today I have with me Little Red Book.
1: Hello.
0: And Lamy Lambs.
2: This is me talking.
0: Hi. It is. We have been having a great discussion about books that aren't the book we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. So let's get into it. The book we've chosen today for you guys is The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. And why did we choose this book? Because it's an amazing book and everybody should go read it. And it's awesome. And the main podcast hasn't picked up John Scalzi yet as the one of the best authors they could be reading. So, Brett, tell me why you think we picked this book. Because
1: lammy said we should read this book and so we did (laughs) and because we're both huge fans of john scalzi as well
0: that's very true all right lammy oh Oh, sorry keep going right if you got more i just
1: want to brag because i got a signature
0: you did get a signature
1: and on a magic card as well
0: perfect all right lammy why did you pick this book for us for the podcast after we finished old man's war
2: because it's the latest thing that Scalzi put out, it's it's a, an incredibly fun and good read. It's very very quick. It works as a wonderful palate cleanser, and I would really really like to see another book in this series, at least one more. Uh, I want to go back to this world so bad now that I've now that we've finished the book. Like mm. even if nothing important happens, like if we could like just go to Jurassic Park and just have a normal day at the park as a movie. I would be into that. I would be into this as just like a normal six month shift of hanging out with kaiju and doing science and lifting things.
0: I like (laughs) those. Let's let's try and keep non-spoilery for like five minutes. But that uh, to your point, Lammy, I would love it if any of the Jurassic Park movies, Jurassic Park movies had... Like, one day of normal operations where, it, like, they start, everything goes well, they they close, and then the bad stuff happens. We could see, like, hey, this is a fully functioning park and, like, good, and then it goes all bad, right? Give me that one day where I can, like, see it and have it be cool, right? Yeah. I don't think you're going to get a second series, though, a second book to this. This If if you've read the acknowledgments, you know that this was almost a fever dream that he wrote. Yay. Incredibly fast.
2: Yeah. I would yeah. love a second,
0: but I don't think we'll get it.
2: We well, we it, talked to John Scalzi about that exact thing in our interview yes. with John Scalzi in a previous episode of The Green we Team. Did. Hey, look at that. Look that up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got John Scalzi to come onto the podcast.
0: All right. Right. I think that's enough bragging for you for a few minutes here.
2: Come on. <laughs> no, no. Let's 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 let Red brag. OK. There you goes.
1: <laughs> well, in fairness, Lammy got me his email. And by the way, when I did meet him at. Rose City Con, he remembered us. So I thought that was really cool.
2: Yay, we were awkward enough to be memorable.
1: (laughs) And I got to ask him how how he landed such a hot wife. (laughs) So if you want to find out how John got such a hot wife, listen to our interview. Yeah, it's a good story. It is.
0: It is a good story. But you'll have to go there because here... We're talking about Kaiji Preservation Society. Now, um, I read this one uh, by book the first time, and then I did it by audio this time. Uh, how about you guys?
2: Uh, dead Tree Only. Audio.
1: I've not read this beautiful copy that I have signed.
0: Well, it's a fast read. I've listened to audio first time, first audio book, and it's only eight hours. And when you put that up to two times speed, which is kind of what I'm used to, Then it goes real
2: fast. Yeah. I I would hope four hours unless my ability to do math has been broken.
0: It's about four hours because I'm not exactly two point speed, but it's close enough. So it just it flies by in a good way. And I never felt um, like I was being like I was it never felt like it was moving too fast for me. Did it feel that way for you guys? You know what this is?
1: This book is an action movie. It, It reads almost exactly like an action movie.
0: I think what you meant to say is this book reads like a pop song which is how John Scalzi described it. I disagree with him,
1: though. It reads like an action movie. (laughs) I'm allowed to have a different interpretation of his book. I,
2: I don't know that it does, because the first act is getting Jamie to the Kaiju Preservation Society. The second act is normal Kaiju Preservation Society stuff. And then the third act is when the plot actually kicks in. No action movie would take that long to actually get the action going. That's fair.
0: All right. I think... Let's just get into spoilers here because we can. And I feel like we're going to break it if we, we're we going to get into spoilers if I don't mention it here. So if you haven't listened to Kaiju Preservation Society yet, there's something wrong with you. And you should go listen to it first or read it. And then you should come back and listen to us talk about it. So all these wonderful things we're talking about will make more sense for you. So I thought in this book, it the second time around, I thought it was much easier to tell that Sanders was going to be the one to do something and to... You know, you could easily, more easily see it. Did you guys feel the same way? No, on, he
2: was... on a reread, already knowing that the dude was a butthole? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I knew he was going to be a bad guy once he showed up at... I mean, he already was a bad guy. Um, But once he showed up at Kaiju, I didn't realize... I didn't know what his plan was. I knew that something... Was very bad. Was going to happen because you find out when he shows up that he's like um, the son of a family that works in uh, weapons and in nuclear power. And I was like, "Oh, this is going to be bad." But I didn't. I didn't know what
2: the plan was or anything. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, I guess um, we never did a summary of this book. Do, we would never you, did. Did should we do a summary?
2: Jamie lifts things.
0: That is a summary for the. Middle to last two thirds of the book. The first summary is: uh, Jamie works at a food delivery service. He gets canned by his
2: boss. Hold up. Let's uh, let's let's be careful about pronouns here. He. Yeah, oh, we don't know what Jamie.
0: Technically. Jay- we do not know if Jamie is a boy or girl because it is never referenced with no identifying features for him or her. Sorry. In my mind, Jamie is a boy because I am a boy.
2: And you listen to the audiobook that's narrated by Will Wheaton. And so I listen to the, the audio
0: book by Will Wheaton. That is true. And yeah, he was a boy reason. the first time I physically read it, too, though. So
1: I was going to say it's the same reason why Murderbot is male in my head because it's read by a, a man. So All right. So
0: anyway. R- revising this, Jamie gets canned. Jamie becomes a food deliverator, deliverates to an old almost friend who then gives him a job Working with large animals, he comes on the job to lift things. Turns out the large animals they're preserving are kaiju in an alternate earth. They do some science. They do some heavy lifting. They do some light lifting. There's some kaiju attacks, not on them, on each other. And then the the Kaiju Preservation Society has to do some touristing, let some people come in and see it so they can keep their funding. Rob Sanders, Jamie's boss, comes in, does some pretty dumb things. Almost gets killed, leaves, and then brings one of the kaiju over to actual Earth to blow it up and do science on it. And then uh, Jamie and the crew bring the kaiju back to monster kaiju Earth. Did I miss anything important there?
1: Um, The bad guys all die, and the good guys survive. Well, There
2: is one bad guy who lives. A number of the the good guys also die. Um, Also, there was kaiju sex and kaiju babies.
0: That's true. Here's a here's an interesting question for you that I kind of thought of this time. Can you guys describe Bella the kaiju? Besides large and with wings? No. And ugly.
2: The the best description we get is for Edward. And even then we just get like eyes, some things that might be tentacles, a tumescent cloaca, and wings. Yeah,
0: please don't remind me of that. Here in it said multiple times in a (laughs) row was just the highlight of my reading experience here. I just thought it was interesting how, how little he actually describes the kaiju. And yet, how their presence still is so like felt and evocative in the scene. So, I mean, you almost
1: get that feeling that they're just beyond the ability to describe, if that makes sense. Like the human mind can't; it's so outside of our reference points.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lamy, did you have something you wanted to
2: say? Uh, just like the the basic description is like, oh yeah, that's a mountain. Until it grows wings and flies at you. It's I didn't
1: I did notice this time that the kaiju Bella can move her eyes around her head. Like they're not just in one spot.
2: Yeah. Like, so as yeah. far as I can tell, they felt like that. they have but, a lot of eyes. Yeah. They're in a lot of places and they don't necessarily have to stay in the same place.
0: That was a pretty creepy little scene when she's moving her eyes like all over her head and it's like oh you know that's that's not a normal thing which you have to remember over and over again these are not regular type animals they are very different so
2: they don't fit within within the you know mammal invertebrate fungi plant classifications that we have
0: Mm -hmm. they're very symbiotic
2: well,
1: I mean, we. so um, one of the things that they talk about is how they basically they need their parasites to survive. And Jamie's like trying to get Jamie's brain around this. And then somebody points out to him that we're kind of the same. We just don't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Like w- one of the reasons why you you have issues in your gut when you're on antibiotics is it because it's kills off all your bacteria and your antibiotics, too, causing digestive
2: problems. Yep. Um, and animals, including humans, are ecosystems to themselves.
1: Yes, exactly. That we have more cells in our body that are not human than human <laughs> or something like that. So I just thought it was a fun little kind of a serious a, a serious thing in a way. I don't know. In this very fun book to talk about something that's actually interesting and true.
0: <laughs> well, it's still just amazing to me how much science Scalzi can put in and make you feel like you're learning stuff as well, but not really like teaching you anything. You know, like you learn about pheromones, you learn about the square cube law. And these are just minor things that all the scientists, of course, know. But I'm like, well, I don't know what the square cube law is. And luckily we have Jamie or, you know, whoever else was there to be like the square cube law. And he explains you are like, okay, that makes sense. Like, so I like that.
2: Except whenever anything like that comes up, You don't actually get an explanation. The characters get an explanation in the form of like these scientific binders that they read. We don't get that. We just get told that there is an explanation next scene.
0: Right. Well, I mean, if if John Scalzi is going to physically write out all of those binders, then props to him. Um But I don't think that's very, I don't think he was planning on revealing that info, but he does reveal like the square cube law to us though. He does, it is stated pretty explicitly, but you're right. Most of the things like, here's what you have to learn, you know, plot blinder. Here's the things you have to learn binder. So Um,
1: one of the other things I really appreciate is that, and this is going to sound silly, the pure, like. 12 year old boy humor throughout this book, like the poop jokes, the sex jokes. It's just, but they're Tumicin not. like cloaca,
2: super... please. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and none of the uh, the sex jokes aren't blue necessarily. It's more like he, um, not that I mind blue jokes, but <laughs> I'm just saying it was very just fun. It was just lighthearted and fun.
0: It's uh, as he says, it's definitely something you can enjoy during a pandemic, right? It was just light. It was kind of fluffy. Something I really noticed this time around as well that I liked was he references like a ton of modern day brands and apps and things like that. <laughs> More so than like any other author I've really ever read. But again, I'm not reading a ton of like contemporary science fiction. Like it's modern day with a twist. And like, so does that make sense to you guys? He
2: he, so, very definitely dated this book in mm-hmm. in an, on a number of fronts. So first off, there's direct references to the pandemic and the shutdown in 2020.
0: And the presidency.
2: And, and yes, the politics in, in the U.S., of the time, uh, also things like specific reference of Stranger Things, like in five mm-hmm. years, that's not going to matter. N- like people are going to remember Stranger Things, but it's not going to be like, oh yeah, no, yeah, that's that's a topical reference. Thanks, John. But he, he-
1: references some more classical things too, like Doom Two and Snow Crash, and um,
2: right.
0: So do you get, to do you think that is a, a hindrance or a benefit that he's dated it, or does it not matter to the book really?
2: Um, I mean, for me, it it makes it better now. I feel like in in a decade, it's gonna be it's gonna be like watching Wayne's world now. Mm. where oh. where there's have you guys have you guys seen Wayne's world recently? No. I have never seen it. okay. Uh, red, you can leave anyway, mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> I should just go watch it and tell you what I think about your theory yeah, right now huh? actually, yeah. Um, But no, there's like this whole sequence in Wayne's World where where they make fun of commercials that were on TV at the time. None of that is anything now like they, they do stuff for like Reebok and Pizza Hut and Nuprin and Grey Poupon Mustard. Like Mm. it's yeah. I think oh sorry.
0: I was just saying I think it's if while in five to ten years it will be less remembered and less like impactful like it is now with a like because right now it's it's impactful. It's like, oh yeah, I really feel this. And I think in five ish to ten years you'll feel it less, but I don't necessarily think it'll be a negative. I think most of the references are gonna be common mainstays that people trail through. Obviously, like Stranger Things, not so much, but the others more so Lion
1: King. I'm trying sorry. to think of all the. Th- I wrote. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wrote a list of things that he referenced.
0: Yes. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear the list.
1: Okay. Snow Crash mm-hmm. by Neal Stephenson.
0: Deliverator.
1: Right. And he also references the Terminator. The, I think yep. he's he he's referencing the Long Earth series by Terry Pratchett. And I can't remember who the other person is, but I could be wrong about that one. He references, of course, Godzilla, Return of the Jedi, Stranger Things, Pacific Rim, Twilight, Sid and Nancy, which is a. Mo- I don't remember who it's about, but it's about these. I've never seen it. He references The Incredibles. He ref he references The Incredibles. He references The Lion King, um, Doom Two, and then Trading Places and The Thing and The Thing. Yes. So, I mean, a lot of those references. I, I wonder, like, if my kids were to read or read this book, they're not going to get some of the references anyway. Um, but other ones are going to be around forever.
2: Like so. Star Wars for,
1: and Snow Crash aren't going anywhere.
2: Right. For me the the references to older stuff actually are going to work better in the long term because they're already older references. Right. Right.
0: They're yes. already in the yeah. In the like the knowledge of people, right? The cultural knowledge.
2: They're they're for established things that have been around long enough that like they are in the the pop culture zeitgeist until I guess our generation ages out of it.
1: I mean, but I think a lot of us have introduced our kids to the, oh, these things too. So I, I mean, I don't know. I think you had does, your kids it,
2: read snow crash. That's, that's kind no, of, no, I choice. did not
1: have them read. I have not read snow crash, but I did have them watch Terminator and return of the Jedi. So hmm. certain there's definitely some that are going to be dated, but yeah. there's also ones that are going to last, but it does, it does limit the relevancy of the book we're and let's get off this topic because we're trashing on it like we it's not i don't think we're enjoyable.
0: trashing it like we hate it i just think we're we're pointing out you know maybe one of its few shortcomings so um how about we move on to uh let's say one thing that you guys really enjoyed this time around or both times around and i will start if you guys don't care
2: yeah go ahead go ahead
0: all right one of the things that I really enjoyed this time was the monologuing scene between Rob Sanders and the crew. I don't I can't name all of them because they have very complicated names for poor little me. But you have uh, Jamie and Naresh and Katurangi and the other doctor, I don't remember her name.
2: They're all the other everyone is a doctor except for Jamie.
0: Yeah, it's the other the other girl who's the biologist, I'm pretty sure. But Dr. They're talking. Maybe. Yes, maybe. Is she the one that's always with them? Then yes. Yes. Yeah. So they're talking and he's like, like, oh yeah, you caught me, you got me monologuing. Yes, I know. I'm trying to get answers out of you, not you answers out of me. Like, yes, I know I'm monologuing. I've seen the incredibles. I'm not an idiot. And then they're like Yes,
2: you are, Rob.
0: Yeah, they're all like, Yes, you are. And and then he's like, Okay well you're still going to die and they're like okay well no because we have this uploaded and he's like ah fine like release it and then they're like oh after this little thing there's just like oh by the way we were lying yeah not about you being a dick that's true you are a dick but about the other thing we were lying and no we all love each other but we still don't love you you're still a dick over there like this, their back and forth being in audio, it was so much better than on the page. Uh, Will Wheaton did a really good job on the audiobook, So their interaction was just so, it's so funny in that scene, even though they're on the verge of death. I'm like, it was just great. Um, Red or Lammy, who wants to go? I got one. All right, Lammy. Uh,
2: my favorite scene in the whole book is near the beginning when Jamie is getting a whole series of vaccinations and, <laughs> and getting a breakdown of like the possible side effects of like, all right, this one. If you eat any fatty foods for the next 48 hours, bad things will happen. And then this one might drive you into an unquenchable rage, as in murder everyone in the building and then burn it down around you. But also, you will have no ability to act on this. Um, If you start feeling an incredible rage... Eat a lot of greasy food. And sit that on helps. The toilet. <laughs> oh, also, if you see the color blue, it might give you a migraine.
0: You know, most of the sky is blue, right? I do. <laughs> 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 now that was that was a great scene. He's like, you'll have this murderous rage, but you'll be too lethargic to actually do anything about it most of the time. So you want to kill everybody, but not if it means getting up off the couch.
1: <laughs> they called it the Stoner, the Stoner something. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was like really- Murder yeah, Stoner know.
0: Syndrome, I think. Yeah, or something like that. All right, Red. What about you?
1: So after he shoots the parasite in the mouth mm-hmm. with the canister, they had the induction ceremony. Indu- oh,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it? it's the induction ceremony.
1: Yeah, and they they all get these really crazy titles: induction into the orders. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they just pass out these awards, and and I think I have them marked. Just a second. Give me a second. The Ancient and Sacred Order of the Very Persistent Night Nightingale is one of them, and the Ancient and Sacred Order of the complete of complete and utter, utter
2: BS bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, are we going blue it, for this? Because oh, oh no.
1: Okay. I'm just gonna make lamp or Chesky edit that out. Sorry, Chesky. BS. Yes. I'll, I'll beep it. And the sacred or a, the ancient and sacred order of holy sh. Jamie just shot that parasite straight in the mouth.
0: I love that one because it's definitely very ancient and very sacred.
1: <laughs> very. And then it looks down at it. Jamie looks down at the, at the medal and it says okayest dad
2: on it. <laughs> As it should.
1: As it should. Yep. So I think that's probably my favorite
0: scene. This is a good one.
2: Oh, I also liked finding out that Godzilla is based on semi real events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An actual You did come to Earth and then died. And, and swam to Tokyo Harbor and then died. Yep.
1: And it was all because we were testing nuclear weapons.
0: One of the only things I find slightly improbable is that two out of an infinite number of universes are the only ones that had... Uh, nuclear power.
2: I mean, Scalzi himself already established in the old Man's war universe that all it takes for an alternate universe is a single electron in a different spot. So there, there, there should be an infinite number of almost entirely identical earths doing almost entirely identical nuclear stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I, I liked it for the story that there's really only the two for right now. It was just, uh, that was my thought like, Hey, there should be more, but, I but I mean, that's but out. book, but book good. And that's yeah. all that matters.
1: Well, I, I want to know why not everybody's not just getting cancer. <laughs> I mean, they're oh, all they're oh, living yeah. in this world full of radiation everywhere. They're, they never. Well, that.
0: They feel it's in a world with nuclear reactor kaiju, but part of a nuclear reactor is a containment system. Because mm-hmm. if the nuclear, if the kaiju is just blowing up all the time, it really doesn't promote life. Right.
2: But, but they're also, and this is, this is in the book. There's also a lot of like just nuclear everything is a lot more radioactive on the surface so yes everyone there should have cancer the increased amount of oxygen in the atmosphere should be burning out everybody's nerves after a week um Mm -hmm. like there are some scientific issues with this book that don't matter because the book is a quick fun read and just just enjoy it idiot god yeah
0: it's not a hard sci-fi where it's trying to live hundred percent by the science so it's, it's
1: not, it's not even something I thought about until the, my third read of the book, just because I choose
0: to believe that the radiation only affects kaiju and other things from that dimension. When you trans dimension hop it, you're immune to all of that radiation damage. So there. Sure. Okay. Works yep. for me. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Who out of the crew is your favorite? Yeah. I don't think you can say Jamie though, because that's our main character.
2: Kahurangi. Oh,
0: Kahurangi. And why? <laughs>
2: Mm, That is a good question that I don't have a good answer for because I have trouble keeping track of who's who. Exactly.
0: You are 100% okay in that. I do as well. I like, I like Neve. Uh, I'm going to say Neve right now because when he is faced with situations, he reacts with quick violence. Neve really is a they. Okay, he, they are a they. It is, I think that's
1: right. I don't remember.
0: I just, they all become he's and they's in my mind. So I like Neve. Because Neve responds to incredible situations with extreme violence and beating people, and he's like, and Neve is like, I had to kill, I had to stop this guy. Or he would have, you know, corralled us and taken so us. Hilarious. Why did you tase him? Well, he was going to kill us. He was going to stop us. But why did you have to tase him? Come on, you guys. I just love that he Neve responded to everything with, you know, violence and I hate you and your theory sucks, but it's the best theory we've got, and it's not really even a theory, but I have to go with it. So, Red, you're up next.
1: I can't remember the pilot's name, but the uh, pilot. Sati.
2: Reseti? Sadie. Martin Sadie. Yeah.
1: And it's so fun um, when he flies the copter through the portal, and then they, the, it's improbable and ridiculous, and he turns out to be a, a colonel in the Canadian Air Force. And, and it's a doctor. so silly, but it's so much fun, and I love it. Is that
0: the, the uh, part you had a hard time believing, is that he was also the Canadian diplomat and a colonel or that he flew it yeah, through a wall all portal. that
1: stuff it was yeah all the probabilities stacking up and it just happened to be in Canada i mean but it's fine. I don't care. It was fun. It's like I mean, watching just, a fast and it's like for me, it's like probably what Panda feels when she watches a Fast and Furious movie.
0: Everybody having a doctorate didn't feel odd to me that he would have one because I think literally everyone except for Jamie not, has a doctorate. No, 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 not
1: not him being the doctor, but him, th- them being right next to an Air Force base in Canada. Well, oh, well I mean, that's even
0: called resolved. out multiple times. The I'm, Air Force I'm base saying, is called out. It's, yeah, it,
1: it, it, it's silly. It's a little silly that all of those things are in one person. And it's
2: not right next to it's just the closest major structure. It's still a a few hundred miles out.
1: It's a hundred kilometers away.
2: Okay. A hundred kilometers. That's a pretty good distance through the Canadian wilderness. Yeah.
1: Either way, it's a minor. It's actually something I really enjoyed. (laughs) It's not a
0: complaint. It's just a fact. That's what you're trying and, to say.
1: And and what I'm saying is, is I actually kind of enjoyed the the more the probabilities, improbabilities stacked up, the more I enjoyed it. <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't know if it does. All
0: right. Well, let's see. What else did you guys have that you wanted to talk about or bring up that we could all discuss?
2: The wide variety of meanings to I lift things. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. It's the most repeated phrase in the book and it gets used in so many different ways such as when tom is trying to talk jamie into being the cruise director jamie's response is i lift things
0: don't take me away i lift the things uh,
2: it's a uh, it's good and then you know it's it's an introduction it's a greeting it's an explanation of what jamie's there to do it 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 has such a wide variety of uses throughout the throughout the book i lift things mm-hmm. i like the image
1: of mites coming out on, on your face and having sex and pooping all over your face while you sleep
0: why <laughs> would you ever really, really hard why would if you I, ever want to like purposely remember that fact because <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's so funny that I am home (laughs) to millions of millions of creatures that live their whole lives on my face in every moment, and I can't do anything about it.
2: They mostly come out at night. Yes, mostly.
0: (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you Uh, for the creepy factor there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit hopeful here. How did you guys feel about like the end end of the book, the last chapter where uh, Jamie leaves a promising note for the next person in his bunk and then offers um, Kanisha uh, the job of Tom Sharpman of um, his former boss.
2: I don't know. It, Mm, given their last interaction, I don't feel like that was earned on Kanisha's part because she kind of did la- leave Jamie out to dry.
0: It was a her or him kind of a situation.
2: True. And but, again,
0: let's uh, let's preface this with Rob Sanders is a dick. All right, yes. Thank you. Let's yes. Go that, with that that is the book calls him much worse. Don't worry.
2: That that is extremely well established, but still. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It just, I know we don't have like a huge plethora of non already in the Kaiju Preservation Society characters to choose from here. That one just doesn't, just didn't feel earned to me.
1: I am 100% behind you. I was, I rolled my eyes. When he opened- When he opened the door and it was her, I was like, oh my gosh, really? (laughs) I did like his interactions with his roommates, though. That was fun.
2: Yeah, the roommates were great.
0: Yeah, I I liked it a little bit, at least. I guess more than you guys did. It just, it made sense. Like, he's given this random, he's given this job from a random encounter while food servicing to somebody he barely knew. And now he's passing kind of the same thing on to her. You know, somebody he barely knows or kind of knows. And they're in dire straits and he can help them out. Right. So, I mean, it just, it kind of made sense with the theme of the book and it being Kenesha who opens the door only plays into the impossibility of everything else that's happened in this book. So that part didn't, it didn't bother me for that. Right. I guess. Okay. I mean, did it, if it really bothered you that much,
1: it it didn't, it wasn't like something that made me want to throw the book across the room or anything like that. Like it didn't make me mad. I was just like, eh, whatever, whatever, John, that's a little cheesy.
0: I thought he should have taken the job and gotten her to lift things. I will be the new head director. You can be my lifter.
2: <laughs>
0: I will pass the job to you that way.
2: Actually, there is there is the person that Jamie took over from as the last minute replacement who had COVID. Why wouldn't they be like getting the getting the lifter job and then or and or trying to get Tom's job? Like
0: because everybody knows that once you get COVID, you die. hundred percent fatality rate in this
2: universe. But it was no, established I... that that they were going to be fine. They were just on a ventilator at the moment, but they were recovering. It
1: it was established that they were getting better.
0: Maybe he, maybe that person was tired of being in the Kaiju preservation society. I don't know. There was also,
2: they were, they were ready to come back and do another six month tour, except they caught COVID at the last.
0: But but maybe I'm saying maybe after they caught COVID, they realized after they got better, they're like, Oh, maybe I
2: don't want to go back.
0: I don't know why you would say that, but like you could theoretically say that.
2: Imagine, imagine that you've spent, six months in 2020 full covid times are you gonna say no to going to a magical world full of giant creatures with tumescent cloacas
0: i'm gonna definitely say no no i don't know i don't think i would be well suited to go to kaiju world because i have neither a doctorate nor an advanced field of study. I would definitely be the Jamie over there and just Oh, that just means things. you're not
2: qualified. That doesn't mean you're not suited. I'm, I'm... not suited cuz it's it's <laughs> 30 C as the coldest temperature year round. I would die. Yeah. Yes, I agree
1: with. I am not suited to yeah.
0: No.
2: <laughs> All right. And then uh the
0: last thing that I was going to say is just uh his message at the end that to his new uh room stayer, right? Whoever takes his room. That this world is just as real as the other world, even though it doesn't feel like it. Did you guys like that? I was a little, I was still a little iffy on that part. Like, yeah, I get it. But I don't know. I didn't necessarily love that inclusion in it, in the story. But it wasn't bad. What do you guys feel?
2: Eh, I have no strong that? feelings one way or another about that one.
0: Yeah.
1: I have no feelings either.
0: All right, Red. What do you have feelings about in this book? I, I Besides think I the probability.
2: I think I know something Red will care deeply about. Red, How much. Okay. Tr- is Kaiju Preservation Society a portal fantasy?
1: It is a portal fantasy.
0: <laughs> and I, as the portal fantasy expert here, can actually weigh in and say, yes, right, you are correct. This is a portal fantasy. I <laughs> I'll have to fight you on this
2: one for once.
1: <laughs> yes, I actually wrote that down. I was supposed to, I wanted to mention it at the beginning, but I forgot. <laughs> All right. Although I guess it's technically a portal sci fi.
0: <laughs> I mean, fantasy and sci fi, they're, the, they're same. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Fantasy is when you do it this way, and science fiction is when you do it that way
1: fantasy is when you talk about food and science fiction is when you talk about transportation.
2: Sure. Fantasy is when you is when your tree crab is a merchant that you can sell all of your acquired junk to. And sci-fi is when your tree crab is a venomous creature that will will kill you if given the opportunity, but can't make it through your protective mesh outfit. (laughs) I like (laughs) it. There you go.
0: (laughs) I did. I liked uh, I liked that scene where he's getting his ground training. And he's like, do you trust me? He's like, yes. And he's like, okay, well, walk into those trees and get attacked for a few minutes until you feel like you're going to die. And then I'll come save you. And he was like, did everybody go through that? And he's like, yep, everybody does. And he's like, I hate you. I, I really hate you. Okay, well, I'm glad you're alive still and they obviously doesn't hate it but in the moment uh, that was great scenes so red did you well, have was- anything else you wanted to talk about
1: well uh it's really true what he says about guns like you need to train all the time with them if you want to be any good at it <laughs> which is why i don't have guns because i don't train with them all the time and i really that was like i was like yeah that's really how it is like you want self-defense wise you want like something that you can work with and don't need a lot of skill unless you have time to develop the skill I thought that was a nice little real-world world thing. He's like, throw the pheromones into the woods so they chase the pheromones and you can run away. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is tough to hit a moving target with a small bullet. A very <laughs> yep. fast-moving target. Yep. I like that. Lammy, did you have anything?
2: Um, I thought it was interesting that Rob's first instinct upon upon seeing Jamie on Kaiju Earth was to give an explanation for like what was going on with the firing that did absolutely nothing to make it better in any way and in fact only made it significantly worse.
0: I just attribute that to Rob being, uh, I'll just refer to the book as he describes it because he does it much better than I ever could. Uh, so you'll know how we feel about Rob if you read the book.
2: <laughs> um I'll give you one more thing to to bleep out, Rob <laughs> Monkey Sanders.
0: Yes, there it is. So no, it was. I agree. The uh, Rob's uh, propensity for making Duke bets, which I'd never heard of before this book, and I was like, guess. Oh, have
2: have you not seen trading, seen trading trading Places?
0: Trading uh, isn't no? I never have. Oh,
2: you should. It's amazing. So anyway, with Wheel of Time. Let's, yes. let's talk about
0: <laughs> why red's wrong and needs to read it again. I'm cutting that Don't
2: cut that. Oh, it's it's because um, Robert Jordan is better at writing rereadable books than Brandon Sanderson and Sanderson's really really good at that. I sure. yes that's why you should reread wheel of time. Mm-hmm. okay
1: fine. I think I'm done. there's as far as with um Kaiju Kaiju there's not really a lot to say except you really need to go read this book. I, I have this? to agree with you it's just fun it's so much yeah.
2: fun um i would say keep an eye out for the for the ebook to go on sale i know they'll I know ebooks go on sale pretty often. Pick it up when it's cheap and then read it when you need a quick palate cleanser between like a bigger series. Like if you're trying to do a Malazan read, throw in a Kaiju Preservation Society between books. Yep,
0: this is definitely a great palate cleanser um, and a great fun book. He references it like a pop song. It's in, it's out. It's a lot of fun while you're listening to it. So uh, I'm going to say that's going to conclude our episode today. Um, if you guys want to chat with us about anything we've covered or missed in this episode, you can check us out and find us on the Le- Legendarium discords. The link's at thelegendarium.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Green Team Pod for updates and fun times. And Lammy, uh, why don't you tell us where, where you host your podcast at? Uh,
2: you can find my podcast, the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast, anywhere fine podcasts are sold.
0: Which is the internet.
2: Yeah. Uh, Perfect. Just get it on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, you can also uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Ooh,
1: with some great Patreon-only content.
2: Yes.
0: Every Red. download
2: counts. Red has been a guest on our patron only episodes three times now. Yep, with a fourth planned. Yeah.
0: All right. And if you don't want to listen to Lamy's Patreon content to get more red in your life, Red, where can they find you?
1: Um, I uh, have a podcast with Mark, um, who's Era Dandis on uh the Green Team podcast, and we do short stories, uh everything as old as Edgar Allan Poe and as new as remote control called Wordless.
2: Perfect. And, and Chesky, where can people- People find you outside of this
0: well people can find me at the green team podcast most of the time and then on the side i also do my podcast libromancy just reading fun fantasy books and talking about them 15 minutes so it's not too long so
2: except when i was a guest and then it was like an hour
0: and when red
2: was on and it, it was an hour
0: as well so <laughs> congratulations you've both extended my podcast time by like 300%. <laughs>
1: that, we're here yeah. for you.
0: <laughs> so, But that's really going to finally be everything we had to talk about, Kaiju Preservation Society. Again, please go read it if you haven't already. It's a wonderfully great book. It'll pick you up if you're feeling down. And that's all I have. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.
2: Oh, and follow John Scalzi on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow. <laughs> Good, night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody.
0: All right, here we go. I'm in my angry voice now. No, I'm just kidding. I can't be if afraid.
2: you edit any of this out, I will find you and I will make you pay. Oh boy, uh...
0: you guys are gonna make me you guys are gonna make me quit editing.
2: <laughs> I... the one who was making noise during dead time just truncate silence.